Welcome, everybody, to this episode of O365A. Uh, so on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Teams Shared Calling with special guest, not Michael Montaigne, who's an expert in uh, Teams Shared Calling. So we're going to uh, introduce Shared Calling, tell you what it is, and then walk through a demo of it. Um, so let's start off with the basics. Uh, when was Shared Calling actually GA'd? I, I think it was, what, uh, two months ago? Yeah, it was announced for preview in July for Inspire uh, this year, and then it went uh, GA or general available uh, in September of 2023. Right. Um, so at a su super high level, let's talk about the feature capabilities it enables. Um, for those familiar with PSTN usage calling, uh, if you have organizations who don't have uh, heavy uh, usage of PSTN, um, it might make sense uh, to implement this because basically it greatly simplifies phone number management. It also reduces costs for your organization because you don't need a de dedicated number for each user, right? Right, Michael? Yeah, I think this is a, like you said, a scenario where you have, you want to enable your users for Teams phone, but you may not need to give them direct numbers. So you don't need, a, you know, them to be able to uh, receive direct inbound calls uh, via phone number and provisioning all these additional numbers. You know, things like, you know, I think of like uh, in the education system, you know, classroom phones, you know, you could use it to call out, use it for calling emergencies. But for inbound calling, you know, as a, as a known object within your tenant, you can call it. But as an external user, you don't want people, you know, kind of calling into the, the classrooms and stuff like that. And uh, I was just reading with uh, about how it's implemented. So it looks like there's an auto attendant involved so that when an a incoming PSTN call comes into a user, um, shared calling receives the inbound call then connects to the auto attendant, right? Yeah, so it's basically tied to a, the number you're going to use as kind of the, the number for calling out is tied to a resource account. That resource account can be tied to an auto attendant or, you know, a call queue or something like that for the inbound call. So typically we'd see this tied to like an auto tenant because you could do like a dial by name directory. So now if you did want to allow like an inbound call to have, uh, you can call in and it hits the directory and then you can say have and then that call can get to have, even though you don't have a direct number for calling have directly. Right. And then any conversation about calling would be complete without uh, talking about licensing. Um, I, I guess each each user who participates in shared calling still requires appropriate licensing for calling, right? Like you, it doesn't really reduce the, your number of licenses? Well, it, it does, depending on how you're using uh, your, your, your PSTN or calling uh, service. Because if you think about it, uh, the user just needs uh, Teams phone, right, which is included, say, an E5 or an add-on. Uh, the the services for, say, calling out calling plans, that's licensed really to the resource account. Same with like Operator Connect and direct routing. It's really tied to that outbound call that is tied to that, that resource account. So if you were, you know, depending on how you're doing your 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 licensing model with, with a whatever provider, uh, if you're only having one number, you're not paying for thousands of numbers for for limited inbound usage. Okay, so the uh, in the case of calling plans, it goes to that resource account, and then it it truly is shared. Okay, that's correct. Yeah, so I can maybe show what it looks like from a configuration, and we can jump into a demo. So let me share my screen, and so 
full caveat. Uh, so this screenshot has been shown at Inspire as well as, and hopefully it's showing. Uh, it's been shown at Expire and Ignite just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, this is not available today. So there, there is no way to configure shared calling at this point within the Teams Admin Center. In concept, this covers all the pieces that you'd have to do through PowerShell today. So eventually, I'm sure this Admin Center, since they've already have mockups of it and they're already posting it, will be available. But right now, this isn't. So if you think about the components that we're we're dealing with, we have the the resource account, we have uh, some policies, and then we have the the users that are consuming it. I think what we missed kind of talking about this at the start is the the critical benefit that this shared calling provides over, say, the traditional extension dialing in, uh, you know, kind of a legacy phone system or PBX system is that you can make an outbound emergency call and the external PSAP or uh, public services to, to call back or have the ability to call back directly to that user. So we'll talk about how this works, but in a traditional extension world, you'd call out and the PSAP couldn't call back to you because you were an extension off a of main line. So it'd be the main line only. So there was things like ELINs and uh, you know uh, 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 different numbers to kind of call back into like dispatch and stuff like this. But this actually has some pretty inter interesting functionality where you can have a pool of emergency numbers and then basically someone that places an emergency call, they kind of check out one of those numbers for 60 minutes and so for 60 minutes, there's callback uh, functionality for that, that emergency call service. Uh, you know, obviously, if your pool is too small, the numbers will rotate. So if in an hour period you have five people call emergency services, but only four numbers in your pool, you know, that, that fifth call is going to use the first number in the pool again. So some things to plan around. Think of, you know, the emergency pool of numbers as almost like uh, channels for emergency calling. So, hey, it is not concurrent at a moment, but it is concurrent over 60 minutes. So over that 60 minutes, you know, plan how large of a pool you need to handle kind of your, your worst day scenario of how many emergency calls would place over that 60 minute period. Okay, so the, the configuration is, uh, if we think about it from shared calling, we, we need the latest version of PowerShell, so it isn't in the, the Teams Admin Center uh, today. Uh, Microsoft kind of documents 5.5 as the, the, the version you need as a minimum. Definitely recommend, yeah, I think 5.8 is out now. Go to the latest because there's other queries that you may do that um, uh, you have to wait for a newer module to have that. So like querying the, the online uh, users, uh, they're showing that who has that policy configured, that shared calling policy. Uh, that wasn't available in 5.5. It is now available in 5.7, 5.8. Uh, so make sure you're always using the latest PowerShell module. We talked about a licensing point of view. Uh, you know, you need Teams phone on all your users, so that's an E5 or add-on. Uh, even though you can have any PSTN option configured in your tenant, you can have calling plans, direct routing, operator connect, multiple different providers. When you configure shared calling, the whole configuration of shared calling for for the group of users that are going to be using it has to be on the same PSTN type. So if you're going to you know, use a resource account that's tied to a calling plan uh, number uh, that is going to be the shared calling number, the emergency numbers should be calling plan numbers. The users that are going to make the service are going to be using uh, the calling plan as well. So same with operator connect direct routing. End-to-end -end configuration of shared calling for that group of users has to stay within the same service. And have I see you have your hand up. Yeah, I was just wondering, um, 
with this uh, shared calling, do you still have the ability to have your own number and select it when you make a call out? So no. it's strictly all or nothing kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, so uh, you know, you have users that have direct numbers within the tenant, but if you're configured for share calling as an individual, you're using a resource account number as your number. You don't really have your own number. And when you place calls, you're representing that number. So there isn't a switching of like, oh, I have a direct number and then I can mask out as another other number. That'd be used like if you know in call queues where we have the outbound caller ID feature or the, the calling line identity policy to override caller ID. Okay. Uh, other things to note, if you're using calling plans, uh, you have to use the pay-as-you-go plan. So that's the plan that allows uh, unlimited inbound, but you pay for use on the outbound. And so that does mean that you need either communication credits or NCE, new commerce experience, uh, to pay for that outbound minutes, for pay for those outbound minutes. Uh, with the, the NCE plan, you have to make sure you enable uh, overages on the licenses so that it does allow that, that billing mechanism. Uh, otherwise, this won't work. Uh, another thing to, to note is if you do have a tenant that has direct routing in place, uh, if you are defining network topology for dynamic addresses or emergency policies, there is a risk with, with, call, with this uh, if you were, say, using shared calling with calling plans. Uh, when you are at a location, the, the emergency calling policy from a location is going to be applied to that user, and that might route your emergency call out, you know, the direct routing service versus your calling plan service. So you need to make sure, you know, you have an understanding of what's existing in the tenant and the ramifications of depending on what service you're using with the shared calling. Uh, the resource account needs to be licensed for the, the you know, the, the team's resource account license, which is a, a $0 license and then configured for whatever PSTN your option you're using. So if that is uh, calling plans, if it's you know grabbing a number from Operator Connect and, and having that Operator Connect agreement or using direct routing. Uh, as we mentioned before, the inbound call isn't going to get back to the user unless it's an emergency call. So we need to tie uh, you know, the, the phone number that everyone's going to be using and shared calling to an auto tent or, or a resource account or a call queue. Uh, so that you know, maybe you need to do dial by name directory, maybe you need to scope it. Uh, so making sure you have an understanding of how that inbound call will come when it's not an emergency scenario. Go ahead, Al. Yeah. So around the emergency calling, um, can, does it allow for the integration with third-party uh, emergency calling providers? Yeah, so if you're if you're leveraging leveraging like calling plans or Operator Connect, you're going to use whatever emergency services are are tied to that, um, which support dynamic address if you're in the in the U.S. or, or what your regulatory requirements would be. Uh, for direct routing, of course, you know you, you're basically using uh, a voice routing policy that's applied to the resource account. So whatever policies apply to that from a you know, path to the PSTN or, hey, we dial 911 and we use this uh, different SBC or this different trunk, uh, that's all supported uh, with for this scenario. But the, the routing happens at the resource account point. Uh, make sure you're not also applying voice routing policies to users. Uh, you want to make sure that the, the shared calling policy is, is kind of end-to-end -end working around the resource account and not conflicting policies on a per-user basis. Uh, other key things you need, uh, you need the emergency number pool. So as I was mentioning, you have a number tied to a resource account. That's great for outbound calling. The inbound comes to an auto tenant or call queue. 
if you place an emergency call, you want to make sure you're you're meeting regulatory requirements of like, hey, that emergency service being able to call the person back. Uh, that's when you're going to have a pool of numbers that are just used during that time. And that would be, uh, you know, making sure that the pool of numbers is, is large enough to, to support your scenario. So if there isn't rolling over the numbers. So uh, the other thing to note is all these numbers need to be tied to emergency addresses, even direct routing numbers. So we'll go through that on the PowerShell side because that is the, the static address that will be provided to the, 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 the emergency services unless dynamic address location is, is being in place. And then uh, all the voice users, because we need that phone system license, we do need to enterprise voice enable them, uh, but they won't be getting their own line URI. They'll be using a shared calling policy. Go ahead, Matt. Do you? Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say um, in terms of the emergency <clears throat> address. So if you're a simple customer looking to do this, which I think this where it'll fit in. Um, like say for example, a small business or a school. Um, maybe a school, not so much as a good example, but some some organization that has maybe multiple locations, but wants to put this behind one auto attendant. And of course, if it's one auto attendant, uh, maybe they have multiple locations. How do you deal with that where you have, you know, three different offices? Um, you want to front it all with one auto attendant. Maybe maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so the the features that Teams has built around dynamic address you know, detection when you place an emergency call still apply. So uh, I'm a user and I'm on Office A and I place an emergency call. You know, my network configuration will detect that I'm at Office A and pass that as part of the call, even though I'm using, you know, a number from the emergency pool uh, as my my phone number. Uh, but it is at the endpoint that places the call is, is what's providing that dynamic address. If no dynamic address is provided, then it's going to use the, the registered address of the phone number tied to the resource account or the, the emergency pool. Right. So. If we're in Canada, that obviously opens up a different thing because we don't support, well, teams, it's not teams, it's not the carriers don't support it. So you, you may have to be careful there. Um, yeah, so it'd be no different than a registered DID. You know, yeah. you have it, you know, a phone number that's tied to a specific location documented to the carrier. You place a call, you might be somewhere else. The uh, clearing center will answer the call and say, hey, we have this registered address. Are you at that address? And if you're not there, then you're able to, you know, speak and get that dispatch locally. Yeah. And then the other pieces that we uh, kind of come in play is the, the shared call uh, calling routing policy. This is kind of the glue. This is the policy that you apply to your users so that, you know, they use a specific resource account number or pool when they're placing the outbound calls also lights up the dial pad in the Teams client without a phone number. And then uh, the emergency call routing policy, make sure you know how your emergency call is going to get routed to the, the emergency services and, and that it's matching the, the number that's being used so you're not routing out the wrong trunks or paths. Hey, go ahead. Yeah, it's a quick question. The uh, shared calling policy, is that, uh, can you configure that in TAC or is it only available through PowerShell? It's all PowerShell right now. So uh, that was kind of that screenshot I was showing you as a mock-up of, of kind of building out the policy where you have a resource account and you're saying what phone number the resource account has, what address the resource account's at, what is the pool of emergency numbers, and, and then what are the, you know, the users that you're applying it to. That's all in PowerShell right now. Uh, but the, it, it, I find it interesting that it's been a while that this, that uh, mock-up of uh, the Teams Admin Center has been showing, and people think that it's there, but it is not available yet. Right. Cool. Thanks.
And then the last piece is caller ID. Uh, so you can apply a caller ID policy to override, you know, the, the display name. So maybe you want everyone to call out as a specific number, but then show maybe a company name instead of the resource account or whatever like that. So you can use caller ID policies to kind of curate what that, that caller ID looks like when placing normal calls. Of course, when you place an emergency call, any caller ID policy is disabled as well uh, for, for that, that 60 minutes. Uh, and so it will show the, the display name of the person that placed the call, even though they're using share calling. Okay, so let's jump into some PowerShell and kind of walk through how this works. So let me know if the resolution's okay on the screen. I can increase it a little bit. Let's see. So key thing here is that we need the latest PowerShell module. So you can just do a get dash installed module Microsoft Teams. If you're not at you know five five or just part of your habit, you know run the the update dash module Microsoft Teams no space. Uh, I'm running five eight. That's the latest right now. After you have the, the latest module installed, you'll want to connect. I've already connected, so I won't run that, but connect dash Microsoft Teams, put in your admin credentials, and now you're connected into the service. Since we're in PowerShell, I'm just going to create my resource accounts through PowerShell. Uh, you can do this through the Teams admin center. Uh, basically, I'm just having a standard naming convention, so I'm basically creating three resource accounts, one for DR, OC, and, and calling plans. And I'm using the auto attendant application ID because I'm going to assign these resource accounts to, to an auto attendant. So I just run those. Okay. So we have our object IDs. I'm just going to capture those because that's going to be critical for our shared calling policy. So that is DR. I'll just replace that here. We have OC. And then we have calling plans. Okay. So I'm just going to jump into the min center. And I have a million windows open. One second. So all that step really was, and I'll just refresh. So all I did was basically create these three resource accounts. So if you were in the Teams admin center, you can go under voice, under resource accounts. And I basically just created these. And if we look at them and edit, you can see that they're their auto attendant type. So I just did it through PowerShell, but we can, we can do it through the Teams admin center. Okay, and then so before we can use them, we need to license them. So if we go into the Microsoft 365 admin center, go under users, active users, we can see our three accounts. So we're going to just modify our licensing. We'll just uh, replace. So we're going to put on our, uh, if I can find it, Microsoft Teams phone resource account. So that's a $0 license. So we're going to apply that to all our three accounts. Key thing here is, you know, making sure that uh, your license usage is in the right location, specifically, you know, for like calling plans or Operator Connect, uh, but you should definitely do it for, for all types. So I have my uh, calling plan account that's in Canada. Uh, additional requirements, again, is we need that pay-as-you-go license. 
And in my case, I'm not using NCE, so I have my communication credits. So as we mentioned for calling plans, we need these two additional pieces uh, to make this account be used for shared calling. If we jump over to the auto attendance, and I'll just make sure I have one. So I have a shared calling auto attendant. Basically, it's a dial by name directory. Uh, so this is if someone does place a call, uh, you know, please say or, or, or type in the first or last name of the person you're trying to reach, does a dial by name directory. I could scope that directory, but in my case, I'm going to add resource accounts. And I probably licensed them too quick, but we'll see. So we have my calling plan resource account, my direct routing OC. So again, pretty much the same configuration for all of them, pending, you know, the kind of licensing differences. Okay, and we'll submit that. So if someone happens to call into those accounts, they're going to hit my dial by name directory. The next thing to get is we need that emergency address. In my case, I already know it's the, the third address in Calgary. Uh, so I already know what my uh, location ID is. But if you wanted to get that from the Teams Admin Center, we can just go under emergency addresses, locations, uh, find one of your locations or create one. And then it's going to show within that emergency address. So again, under the Teams Admin Center voice emergency addresses, this location ID, that's the ID we're going to need to make sure we apply to our phone numbers. So if we look at what we have to do from a direct routing point of view, so I have that resource account that's for direct routing. I'm going to put the phone number. That's a direct routing phone number. I'm going to give it a you know direct routing type and then my location ID. So this is probably something that you're not normally doing with your direct routing numbers. So I'm going to run that. And then that, that direct routing resource account needs a path to get out to the PSTN. So I'm going to run uh, an online voice routing policy command. And then once that completes, I'm going to create my shared calling uh, policy. So this says Canada direct routing. It has my resource account that I created and then a pool of resource uh, emergency numbers. So I only have one in my case. And it already exists. So let's give it a direct routing one. And apparently I already have it, so let's just check what the account is. Oh, it already exists. Okay, so it's already configured. I'd probably ran this earlier. So you can see that we have the phone number and we're just gonna update the resource account. So let's do a set. And we'll just take out that one. Perfect. Okay, so now if we look at the numbers, so this is the number tied to the resource account, no different than any other time. Uh, we have it basically tied to a voice application. We have our location ID uh, for a direct routing number. But if we look at the emergency number, We're going to actually see the assigned uh, person is actually the policy. 
So it's not tied to a user, it's not tied to the resource account, it's actually tied to the policy that's being used. So now when we apply that policy to a user, they're getting this phone number. So now we can have multiple people using this number versus you know, kind of the one number to one person kind of design. On Operator Connect, same thing, you know, you would apply, you would create uh, the, the route of uh, the phone number assignment. So an Operator Connect phone number, make sure you're using Operator Connect, uh, make sure your emergency number is an Operator Connect number. Calling plans, uh, for calling plans in Operator Connect, I had a strange issue where if I tried to assign the location ID of the number at the same time I was assigning the number to a resource account, it wouldn't take the location assignment and I couldn't adjust it after. So what I do is I always assign the, the number or location before the before applying the number to an object. So uh, that was just a workaround I had to do. So if you ever have an issue applying the emergency number to a, a number already tied to a resource account, you have to unassign the number from the resource account, apply the, the location to the number, then you can apply the number back to the resource account. And from an enablement, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, all we have to do is uh, get our user, uh, make sure that their enterprise voice enabled. So we'll just make sure that we have an enterprise voice enabled. Oh, sorry, that was uh, not the right command. Do this one. So this is uh, my end user. It's going to have enterprise voice enabled, which means it has a phone system license. And then I'm just going to grant it a policy. So in my case, uh, I'm going to give it a, a calling uh, a caller ID override policy. And then, hey, for direct routing, I'm going to apply that uh, shared calling routing policy. So now this user is going to use whatever phone number was tied to that policy. And then for emergency calls, it's going to use whatever phone number is tied to that, that pool of emergency numbers. Uh, if we go into the shared or the caller ID policy, I'm just going to go in here. What we want to do is then grab a resource account and we'll just do SC. Sorry, SC underscore. Just while you're doing that, Michael, I think it's important to note if you don't assign um, color ID policy, it'll just it'll show the auto attendant name and yeah. number. So it's it's optional as you indicated. So if you just want to keep things easier. You could just do that. Yeah, I like to override with like to say company name or something so that you are able to kind of control what that that looks like for sure. Sure. Unless unless right. the auto unless the auto attending you're signing it as the main number of that organization up with with the name yeah. already set, but sometimes it's not. Yeah. And so now if we look in the team's client, we'll see if the uh, demo is on our side. So we'll just jump into this Teams client. So this is that uh, shared calling account. We can see that we have the dial pad. So in real time almost from, from on our demos, we have the dial pad. We don't have a phone number. If I was to place an outbound call, I would use my caller ID policy if I have it, or I'd use the resource account uh, kind of caller ID. So it'll be the resource account number, regardless of what it is. Someone calls back, it's going to go to my auto attendant that has a dial by name directory that it can then hunt for this user. And then if I place an emergency call, it's going to grab one of the numbers in that pool for, for 60 minutes. Very nice. So it all worked. 
it all works other than I had uh, created the policy before uh, we, we joined the call. So that was the only error, but pretty clean. If once you understand all the pieces to kind of step through it, um, much easier once it gets into the Teams admin center, because there is a lot of complexity of knowing, hey, we need the, the right phone number type. So a lot of error detection that you would probably uh, would welcome in the Teams admin center. Like, hey, don't don't assign a number to the pool that's already assigned to a user. Uh, you know, make sure that the emergency numbers are the same type as the resource account numbers. So all these pre-checks, uh, it'd be nice instead of, you know, dealing with red errors in the, in the PowerShell. Now, one quick and you get errors like if there's no emergency address tied to the numbers, it will error when you try and create it. It'll say, hey, you need to apply an address to this phone number. So there is, you know, detailed information uh, in the error checking kind of on the PowerShell side, but you have to kind of interpret it and find where the error actually is within the kind of the error text. And I assume in the call detail records, it it shows all this, right? Like. Yeah, so there's specific callouts to in the call detail records that you're using shared calling. So in the the calling plan report as well as the the call log for for direct routing, there will be indicators that it's a shared calling uh, user that's placing that call in and out. That's good. All right, fantastic. Well, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up, Michael. That was a brave demo doing live PowerShell. Glad it all worked. <laughs> um, looks fantastic, and as we've said, I think this is a a great. Uh, Great set of capabilities for, especially for smaller to medium-sized organizations. So with that, uh, thank you again, Michael, and we'll talk to everybody next time. Thanks. Thank you.